guy. Um, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 24. Hopefully last night was good for you. I know it was good for me. My voice is feeling a little bit better today, um, but then I started singing, so um, uh, I just can't help it. Uh, I just love doing that. Um, I got to go to Banff today. Uh, I stood, I walked on water today um, in its frozen state. Uh, For the first time, I stood on a lake. That was really cool. Um, That's not something you do in Texas uh, unless you want to go swimming. And so uh, I got to do that. That was really cool. FaceTimed my wife, and she said, you should get off of that. Uh, my boys, you know, you know you try to take a picture of something you thought was amazing, and then you look at the picture, and it's like, it's not as cool in the picture. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I'm like FaceTime with my boys, like, look how big the ice is. And they're like, hey, Dad, see ya. Um, so that was, that felt great. Um, and so I, uh, I had a great day today. It wasn't too bad, not too cold. Uh, I did buy an extra jacket today, though, and that was that was quite an adventure, actually. Um, we had a good time. I had the, my first time of, of um, having this, what do you call it? Poutine. Eric's nose. Yeah, I had that for the first time today. I'm going to get you later. Um, but I had my first one, and uh, it was, yeah, like, I mean, I've, all, I've eaten all of those things separately, you know, uh, on the same plate. I've just never put them all together. It's just genius. Like, it's really, really smart. Um, so that was that was awesome, and, um, and it was yeah it was really good. And then it started snowing, and traffic kept going, which is also unique to me. I, I in Texas, if it starts snowing, everybody goes to their house and goes, "We're not going anywhere today." Um, so, uh, but Luke chapter twenty four, I'm going to read a few verses. And I'm going to go Acts chapter one, uh, and and this is the same author. So Luke wrote the book of Acts. Uh, it, it, we, we find out that Luke, and he says this in Acts chapter 1, that I wrote this for Theophilus. So in many ways, this is one of those accounts where Luke was a doctoral mind. He was one of these guys who would just, he was the detail guy. He was the guy that's going to catch every little thing. And, and so Luke, both in, in, in this moment and in Acts, he's writing, he's trying to recount it for someone to tell them exactly what Jesus is doing. And, and so in Luke, he says it one way. In Acts 1, he says it another way. And uh, I just wanted to catch it. I think it fits, obviously, with uh, the theme of the weekend Um, Luke chapter 24, verse 44. This is the last chapter in the book of Luke and the account of Luke uh, of Jesus' life. And starting in verse 44, Jesus is talking. He says, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He also said to them, this is what is written. The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses of these things. And look, behold, I am sending you what my father promised. As for you, stay in the city. Stay in the city. Don't go anywhere. Stay here until you are empowered. Stay in the city. I... I, Oh, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to read it. Okay, I'm not going to get, okay. Stay in the city. Golly, just, would you stay still for a second? Just stay in the city until you are empowered. Some translations say clothed in power. That you put on, this thing just envelops you. That you are clothed. Don't go anywhere until I have done this in you from on high. 
I, I think, again, everything in the gospel is cause and effect. Everything in the gospel. So I think so many times, and I, and I appreciate when people say this, uh, but they say things like, this is the guidebook, or this is the rule book, or this is like the way you should live. And I understand that. The problem is when you miss out on the fact that it is the way you should live empowered by the one who asked you to live that way. Like, I, I don't know if you've ever tried to live this without being empowered by the one who said you should live it. It gets hard, frustrating, and you get angry and bitter towards God. Like, there's way too many things in here that I'm going, God, that's ridiculous. What are you talking about? I love when people ask me to read 1 Corinthians 13 at their wedding. Like, yeah, just pick the highest of all standards to put in front of everyone you know. And by day two, you will have already broken all of these things, right? <laughs> Keeps no record of wrong. While I'm saying that, that in your wedding, you are already thinking about the things that did not go right today with the person you were saying I do to. Like, it's a, oh, anyways. This is not meant to be lived apart from what happens in here. And I, I think so many times we do that. We separate the ideal life, the, the Genesis 1 and 2, Acts 1 and 2 life, where he's saying, I'm going to breathe into you so that the shape I've given you would be animated for the purpose I've given you. And we, we so often, we, we just think if we could just get the shape right, and I know we talked about this last night, uh, get the shape right. If we just get it right, then we're going to be good. No, no, no. The shape is a container. The shape is meant to be the vessel in which he animates you to do the things you've been called and made and shaped to do, which ultimately, ultimately just means to be human, to just be created, to just be one who was made to be intimate with the Father. To just be one who was meant to look like Jesus. To just be one who could walk in the garden with Jesus. Everywhere we go, we have the opportunity to bring heaven to earth because the Holy Spirit is putting Jesus in us, shaping us to look more and more like him. So let's go to Acts chapter 1. you got to skip over the Gospel of John. Don't do that in real life, but it's a, we're just going to skip that for tonight. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4. Again, you'll kind of notice some uh, similarities here. Same author. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 says, While he was together with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. This, he said, is what you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? The disciples always missed the point. They always missed the point. So you should feel good. Just feel better about yourself, right? I know I am. When I read this stuff, I'm going, oh, I'm good. Yeah, I, yeah, no. That like, I mean, really, Peter, I'm, yeah, I'm good. In verse 7, he said, he said to them, it is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. This is, man, this is, this is so important. This is so, so, so important. Because for many of us, for God to move, we have to know the time and place. We have to know all the details. We got to get, how many of you guys are detail people? Right? If, if someone says, hey, we should go out Friday night, you're, the first thing you do is where and what time and is it going to be cold? What should I wear? Like, who are we going with? You, all the, like, you, just, you can't just say, yeah, I would love that. 
right? Just, just the detail. And we, I don't know about you, I, there's times where I don't move with the Holy Spirit because it isn't the right time. I don't move with the Holy Spirit because I'm not really sure if this is the season for me. I don't, I don't go with him because, well, I'm tired. Jesus, we've been following you for three years. Can we already get to it now? Like, can we do this thing? And Jesus goes, no, 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 that's not for you to know. Like, so let's just get that out of our heads. Because I think for, for you to really flow in what, we've, what we're talking about, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, and, and I'm not saying that God isn't a detailed person. I, I think that's, you, you can't read the Genesis account. You can't read the way God orchestrated things and not know that God is that as well. But he is saying to you, you're not the detailed person. He, he, now, some of you are gifted in that area and, and run with that. But what he's telling you is you don't limit what God can do in your life because it's not the right time, not the right, I'm not sure about this. I'm not. It's, it's, it's funny because in Genesis 2, what does God do? He breathes into Adam and then he places him in the garden. And Adam doesn't get to choose. Like, just, oh, you're in, I'm in the garden. Yeah, no, this, you're in the garden. Is there any other options? No, you're in the garden. This is your, just do your thing. Do what you're called to do where you are. It's interesting to me because God's plan was to start this in Jerusalem and go to the ends of the earth. And so he's telling the disciples, you can't go anywhere until. So he says, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power. You will. You will. This will happen. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses because power always has a purpose, right? Power always has a purpose. There's always a reason for why God has given you particular gifts, why God has put certain things in you that you are good at, great at, and just flow naturally out of your life. I, I Don't get caught up in the, I want you to stay here. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. I think there's, there's, there's something to this idea of waiting always preceding God moving. Like, and it's not always like, it's not a uh, like wait, sit on the, the couch and just fall asleep wait. It's, it, it, is a, it is an active wait. It is there, there's an intentionality. When you, when you find the disciples in Acts chapter 2, what are they do, doing? They're together in one place, what? Praying. So there is a, there is a d- distinction between just waiting with your arms crossed, like when's this going to happen, and a pursuit and a posture towards whatever God is going to do because he said we will. But you, if, you, if you don't wait, then you probably didn't believe that he will. Like, if you're not willing to wait, then you probably don't believe he was willing to move. There's, a, there's something about this, that, that waiting conveys trust. My waiting in a doctor's office is me saying that I trust that whoever is in that room is going to tell me what I need to do to get better. I'm trusting him by waiting on him to when he comes that he can speak to me and I will do it. It's why we talk about elevating Jesus, because there's a willingness to uh, humble ourselves and elevate, because whatever you obey, you have elevated. There's a translation of the, the, the um, first commandment, which, which is not just have no other gods uh, before me, but it's a translation that would actually say maybe a better way to say that is to say you have no other gods beside me. And in other words, saying don't put other things where I belong. And it's not always that we remove, we lower God. It is sometimes that we actually elevate other things. And so on Sunday, God is moving. On Monday, something else is. We have given away what we trust in. We have obeyed something. 
And we know this by the brands that we wear and the things that we do and the way we look in the mirror and the certain coffee shops we go to. There's certain things that we do that we obey because we trust those things to make us validated, cool, whatever. We obey those. I'm not saying this is all bad. I'm just telling you that we operate in life by giving our trust to certain things. And when we obey them, we have elevated them in our life. When we have made them part of our world. And so what I almost feel like what Jesus is doing is saying, I want to find the guys who are going to wait around for me before I give them what I'm about to give them. Because if they can't wait on me, then maybe they're more about their thing. Maybe they're more about their agenda. We talked, we, I think we sang that, or you talk, I, we, we, we get about our own agenda. We get about our own deal. We get, if we're hurried, then it's probably because we're worried, right? We're worried about what's gonna happen. Well, I gotta get on. And Jesus is going, will you just hold on? I would imagine after Jesus ascended to heaven, after they had just watched him resurrect, and they're like, yes, he's back. Oh, he's gone. That in that moment, I know what he told me to do. He told me to go and be a witness. He told me to go and make disciples of all nations. I know what he told me to do. I'm just going to go do that. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 you don't get it. What I tell you to do is always empowered by what I give you to do it with. Always. It's, uh, if you're married, you know this feeling of setting a, 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 you're going out on a date maybe, or you're going to a restaurant, and I would say the men probably know this more, uh, but we all know the joke, it's a typical thing, right? That you, you know that you have to be a certain place at a certain time, and it's, you're, it's getting close to time to leave, right? And you know that if, if someone uh, is not dressed yet, you're just gonna have to be late. Like if I go, to, hey babe, it's 10 till, she's gonna go, I know what time it is. Right, and then, and then we walk out the door and we're five minutes late and she'll go, why didn't you tell me we were late? <laughs> but you, 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 and why? Usually, especially on like a date night, you're trying to get dressed up, you're trying to look good for your spouse. Do that forever, like just always do that. But you're trying to look good for your spouse, you're trying to make it work, you know, you're trying to you get the, the thing that fits right and make sure you, it looks like you've been working out even if you have not been working out, right? No horizontal lines, you know, like vertical lines, all that kind of stuff. You just, you just do this stuff, and I don't know, that was too far, I don't know. And, um, and so you, 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 you got to dress for the occasion. I, I, we went to walk on the water today. Um, I, I, had, I had what I thought was appropriate on. Now again, the, every, like I've had this said four times just in the last day. Hey, do you have the, a winter coat? Like, this is my winter coat. I'm from Texas. This is all you need in Texas. I'm not going to wear a ski jacket. You know, like that's, and, uh, and Eric goes, I think when you get on the, on the lake, you're, you're going to need another. So I wore two jackets and a hoodie and, and my ankle socks. So my ankles were cold. Everything else was good. Like, I was good. Uh, but I had, to get, I had to get dressed for the occasion. And I love, I love the translation that says you are clothed in power for the purpose. You have to get dressed. Paul uses this imagery. Put on the new nature. Again, Genesis 1 and 2, the partnership has always been present. The partnership between you and God has always been there with a purpose. He's always wanting to work with you and through you. Always. Adam, was a, Adam and Eve were a, a perfect picture of that. The early church in Acts chapter 2, a perfect picture of that. Hey, I'm, I want to, to reach all people, and I'm going to do that by using you people. And that has never changed. 
It has always been that way, that I would put on this new nature that he has made available to me. And, and it's, a, it's just a willingness to trust him in these moments, to put on this power, to put on the thing that he's given us. I will clothe you in power if you would wait on me. you got to get dressed for the occasion. You've got to get dressed for the occasion. Now, the word power, and I want to make sure I, I get this right. The word power in the Amplified Translation, if you never read that, it's beautiful. Don't do it as your daily Bible reading because it will take way too long because it gives you multiple words for the same word. But it's a great thing to get an understanding on something. The word power in the Amplified Translation, they actually all sound a little bit different. Uh, the word is ability, efficiency, or might. Ability, efficiency, and might. Those are all a little bit different bent to each of those. Obviously, they're all intended to make you able to do something, but they're, 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 they're different in their connotation. They have a little bit of a, I'm able to do it. I'm efficient in doing it. Have you ever met someone who has like the gift of, let's say, hospitality? And, you, and like they can't even help it. They could come to your house and make everybody feel welcome. Do you know what I'm talking about? And then you walk in that house with someone who maybe doesn't have that gift, and the house is great. But you do not feel welcome. You do not get the warm fuzzies on the inside. Like, this is not, and it's, it's, there, there's something about, and it's effortless, right? It just, it's like, it's like Pastor Bill. Like, are you ever going to hang out with Pastor F Bill and feel discouraged? And do you think he actually sits there and goes, let me think. I got to come up with all these things to say that are nice about people. You know, I'm going to spend from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. just thinking about nice things that I could say. It's, no, he just walks up to you and says something. You're like, oh, my God, Phil, that's so great. Thank you. It's, it's just effortless. There's this efficiency to it. it. It isn't this extra work to it. Now, I'm not saying that there's only certain gifts available to certain people. I think there's a, a, a plethora. That's a big word, yeah? There's, a, there's an abundance of things available to you. Uh, but, but I do think that there's things that are proficient in you. There are things that are efficient in you. There are things that are just natural to you. We don't want people coming up on American Idol who said, well, my mommy said I was really good at this. Right, no, no, it should be, it should be, that's why, here's, let me hear me, when Jesus called the disciples, and this is me being a flow preacher, this is not in my notes, when Jesus called the disciples, he says, come and follow me, that's to Jesus, that's first and foremost, always, and he says, and I will make you fishers of men. The difference is some, the, the, the authors of the gospel say it like this, he, goes, he says, follow me, he said to them, and I will make you fishers of men. We tend to, because it wasn't technically what Jesus said, it was more of what Jesus connotated by even saying it to more than one person. But Jesus said, come and follow me. He said it to them so that you could become, make you fishers of men. There's always Christ, and your calling is wrapped up in walking with Jesus through community into your calling. If you don't have community to both validate and shape and encourage your calling, that's why, you should, man, you should be in a place where your pastor would go, yeah, let's go for it. Give it a shot. Take a chance. Get that dude from Texas. I, well, I, I think he's a good guy. I don't even know. And let's just have him come hang out for a couple days. Let him walk on water for the first time. Like what, you know, and, and it's, it's Christ's community and then calling. We, we tend in the church to jump from Jesus. And you all know this, right? You know those people who go, I met Jesus, and now I'm going to do all these amazing things. And you go, hold on. Just get around some people. Just get around some people. Now, now you, st you still need people who are going to encourage you in your calling. You don't got that. People can't, listen, I don't let people speak to my present who don't believe in my future. Just, I don't do that. 
If you don't see potential in tomorrow, not, I'm not saying perfection now, I'm saying potential in tomorrow, then you don't get to speak to me now. That's just my general rule. If you don't believe in me for tomorrow, then what do you have that's worthwhile to speak to me today? And so there's, there's, this, there's this sense of, I, I've got to get in community to understand these gifts, this proficiency, efficiency. But then there's this other word, might, right? And, and, and maybe you've heard this, the, the dunamis word, right? The, the, the word power, dunamis, dyna, dynamic, dynamite, something explosive. And sometimes that's the way we view power. And even the word power has a bit of a negative connotation these days. When we say power, we, can, we think of people abusing people. We think of that boss, we think of that, per- we think of that person who had the power and they abused the privilege. But this is why the, the, the understanding of where this power comes from is so vitally important. Because, because, because when we understand that this power actually isn't of my own making, it's actually something I'm receiving, then it's hard to be prideful about it. Usually when we abuse our power, it's because we think we did it all ourselves. And so there's this, there's this willingness to receive this power, this ability, efficiency, and might to do a, uh, Amplified would say, this, this special endowment. There's something about you that's like, there, there's a gift in you. And I would believe that for every single person in here, that there's something in you that is different, unique, and for the body of Christ. That you have been given a gift, that you have been given power to do these things. But this is where the gifts of the Spirit come in, right? There's the gifts of the Spirit. We're not going to go in and discuss all of them in detail. I, I think being in a church like this, you've probably heard of them, talked about them, and at some level experienced them uh, in, in your own way. But I, I, I love this quote about different power, and I, I didn't send this to the guys. But while the power may be of one kind in one person and of another kind in another person, there will always be power the very power of God, when one is baptized with the Holy Spirit. So while the power may be of one kind in one person and of another kind in another, there will be power. But I want you to think of power in a bit of a different way. It isn't always loud and over the top, although I think that happens sometimes. It isn't always, it isn't always the rip the roof off, the, the tongues come down and the mighty violent wind. It isn't always that. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's a still small voice of God. Sometimes, if you were here last night, it's leaning over to the person next to you and just saying, hey, I just heard the word Asia. And in that small, easy, little word and a willingness to lean over and actually speak it, something powerful happened. See, power so, man, we just always think it's this, and we think this dynamite thing, and we, we, that is part of it. It's, it's dynamic. It does something to us. It shapes and shifts us. There's something that changes in us, but it can look different for different people. That's why Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, just before that 1 Corinthians 13 thing that you, yeah, I hope none of, anybody engaged in here that was going to use that verse, go ahead and still use that. You know, just understand that the context of 1 Corinthians 13 is the spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. He says this in verse 4, 1 Corinthians 12. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God activates each gift in each person. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial. I want that one. I just want to hit that one real quickly. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Another translation would say, to simply say, of benefit to one another. The gifts of the Spirit are always meant to benefit 
What God's put in you is always meant to benefit the body. It's always meant to benefit people. There, there, there's some distinctions, but that, that, there's a beneficial to your life, beneficial to others. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of mir- miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of languages. To another, interpretation of languages. Uh, but one and the same Spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as he wills, which comes back to waiting. If we're trying to make it about our agenda and our will, we will miss what he's willing for us. That's why these things, are, this, these kind of nights are so important. And I want to make room for prayer at the end, so I'm, I, I will see what we do in the morning. You guys are all going to come because you love Jesus. I did have to hit this because I think when you begin to talk about gifts, uh, you tend to, most of the denominations we find have been built on their view of the Holy Spirit. Most of them, not all of them, but we have used the Holy Spirit to divide us rather than unite us, which Ephesians would say, dwell in unity of the Spirit. The Spirit is not interested in anything but bringing people together as the body of Christ, brick by brick, with the cornerstone being Jesus, so that we could be the dwelling place for the Spirit of God. But we have to understand that fruit and gifts are as important as each other. And here's why that matters. Because gifts are something we are received and we practice with. Fruit is something that we are produced in us that we work out in our life. One is meant to be almost character and the other is meant to be talent. If you want to use those words. There's there's one that's pretty. And I, I don't love the fruit of the spirit because I have to be in relationship with people to use them. (laughs) produce the fruit of the spirit in me. Okay, go hang out with some people. You need joy and love and patience and kindness and self-control, right, Eric? <laughs> and you, 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 you need the fruit of the spirit that's produced in you, but that comes, that's something that's worked and cultivated in you. The gift is something that's like Christmas Day is given to you, and over the next several days and weeks, you learn how to use it. I think sometimes we don't operate in the gifts of the spirit because we're worried that we have to be perfect the first time we try. We're worried that we can't practice these things. That we can't work these things out. That we can't put them out here. But, but I would, Dallas Willard has this a beautiful quote, and I'll read it once I unlock my phone that's on, uh, on Energy Saver. Jesus is actually looking for people he can trust with power. He's looking for you. He's looking for people he can trust with his power. But only constant students of Jesus will be given adequate power to fulfill their calling to be God's person for their time and their place in this world. They are the only ones who develop the character which makes it safe to have such power. And you know that's true because you've seen the people who've operated in a gift and it wasn't safe. You know that kid in high school, and I don't know if you call it high school, but a guy that's in, and they're really great at sports, but they're terrible with people. They're terrible with the character side of things. My granddad used to say, talent will take you where character cannot sustain you. And sometimes the gifts that God's given you will take you into a place where you've neglected the fruit that's meant to be produced in you, and you wonder why it's not taking you further than you were hoping. It's taking you so far, and God's going, well, you left the fruit back there. You're not loving people. You don't have any kindness. There's no self-control. You just use it all the time, no matter what, because it's all about you. 
Are you with me? Are you tracking with me? That these things are meant to work together, that when the fruit of the Spirit is produced in me, then the gifts of the Spirit are fully utilized through me. And it's when those things work together, because I don't want to talk about the gifts and only the gifts. It's like making Michael Jordan only a jump shooter and never seeing his theatrics through the air. And some of you are like, well, we're Canadian. We don't really like Michael Jordan. I don't know. But I, I, you know, I don't want to limit Wayne Gretzky to other things in hockey because I don't know what else happens in hockey. Um, but, <laughs> but I'm trying. I'm trying. But let's not limit the Holy Spirit. Let's understand that he produces things that come out of my life, and then he gives me things that show up in my hands, and I'm going, whoa, this is amazing. This is incredible. i got to get out there and use this. And that's where I kind of want to end tonight. In, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, Paul says this, and, and I want to get it. I think it's 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Uh, he, says, he says this. He says, do not neglect do not neglect, do not neglect. We talked about this last night, didn't we? Shape and spirit. We, we diminish our shape, so we neglect our spirit. We, we don't like our shape, so we forget about the spirit God's given us to animate. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. If it was given to you through prophecy, it was given to you through prophecy with a laying on of hands by the uh, council of elders. Here's what happens in the next letter that Paul writes to Timothy. He says this, stir up. Come on, you just heard Pastor Eric say this, right? Stir up the gifts within you. Because you have not been given a spirit of, but of power. And then, oh, wait, power with love? Whoa. And a sound mind. Wait, you mean we're supposed to be powerful, loving, and be able to think well? I'm like... We, we should be able to do all of those things? Come on, I'm not interested in a Christianity that engages this but leaves this out. I'm, engaged, I'm interested in, a, in, a, in a, a walk with Christ that takes those things and goes, man, let's work, these, work things, these things out together. Let's get these things working in such unison. And then you're loving people and you're thinking about it well. And, and man, you're walking in your gifting. But why does Paul... After handing over this massive church to Timothy, believing he was able to do it, why does Paul, in both of his letters, at the ending of his first one and at the beginning of the second one, why does Paul have to even remind Timothy, don't neglect the gift. You have not been given a spirit of fear, but given a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. Why does he have to do that? Because God has to do that for all of us. Because it is something all of us deal with. It is something we all deal with. Wait on the Lord so that he can clothe you with power. Yeah, but I got to get to this thing, and he told me I was going to do this, and I've got this prophecy from when I was 12. I got I to gotta... wait on the Lord. Don't leave the city because I need you to reach the city. Don't bail on the city because I want to do something in you that when you are in the city, it happens in the city. Don't go anywhere. Don't neglect this gift I'm giving you. Don't leave it behind. I want you to be clothed in power to do what I have purposed you to do. The Holy Spirit will always, and we'll talk about this uh, tomorrow, but the Holy Spirit will always move you from the upper room to the balcony. He will always move you out and say, okay, now, 
I just did that thing in there. You remember that? It was loud. Everybody heard it. They're all coming together now. They're all like getting around your house. They heard the noise. Now you need to go out there and tell them what's going on. It, this, is, this is the beauty of the gospel. God does something in you, and it can't help but come out. And that's the kind of faith that I want. I want the faith that is clothed in the power of God, the, the ability, efficiency, and might of the Holy Spirit to do something that I could not do on my own. Not that I would abuse the power, but I would receive it in a way that it is utilized to benefit the earth. And so here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm gonna, we're going to pray, and I am wrapping up. I didn't tell them that last night. And, hey, you're really good on that, by the way. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I just want to, uh, I said this last night, and um, I'm just on this mission, I think, and, and I hope it's beneficial to you guys. Um, I, I, I'm on this mission to, like, make sure that if I ever get to preach in a place that I don't walk away, and when I leave, that everybody's going, well, I can't wait till he gets back so that I can get the thing or get the word or get the, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not arrogant enough to think that, and I'm not, but I just, I, I just, I'm on this thing where I'm going, man, I want people in the chairs to look at one another and not go, hey, you need healing? I'm going to take you to show you that guy or that lady. Man, I'm going to, I'm going to pray for you. Hey, you know what? I was walking by you, and I just couldn't help it. And let me just give you a little secret, and this isn't to try to be like a play on words, but I'll just give you a little secret. If the Holy Spirit says something to you, like last night I gave a, a word for a young lady over here, and, I, and I, had, I was honestly, I was a bit like, okay, I think. I'm just being honest with you, okay? I'll just be open. I was like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and I think you heard that in my voice. I wasn't trying to be... I just, hey, this is what I'm feeling. And I think, I think God can use it. If you go to somebody and go, hey, I'm just, I was thinking about you and I, was, I felt like this. Isn't that much easier to receive than just going, now, listen, if you got a word that the Lord's given you, go for it. But if you're going, I, I feel like this. And then you're going to, as you begin to do that, you're going to get more confident. You're going to begin to realize that he actually is giving you those things, that he's actually the one that's prompting you in those ways. But it's only when you actually begin to do that. So I'm going to give you a chance tonight. So you're like, well, that's great. I'm going to do that later. No, 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 we'll do it tonight before you can leave. The doors are locked. Uh, so I want you to stand with me. And here's what we're going to do. Two things. Um, uh, listen, able, efficient, and mighty. But not because you are, because he is. Come on, you are, you are a river of living water. And tonight... Tonight, you're not necessarily going to be refreshed. You will. You're going to bring refreshing. And as you do, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, the most refreshing, like when I left last night, talked to Pastor Bill and Debbie, I, I, we were on our way to dinner, and, and they said, do you know that word you gave? I was like, yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, that was spot on. And I said, Yes, like on the inside, I'm like, come on, baby. Oh, yeah, I'm the, no, 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 no. Thank you, Jesus. Like, how cool. But it's easy to go there, isn't it? I mean, the world doesn't need more prideful Christians. <laughs> They're annoying. 
just needs Christians who are humble enough to say, I'm waiting, getting dressed for the occasion. And when God says go, I'm going. And when I look to the person on my left and God says something, I'm not going to go, That's, that wasn't, no. I'm just going to do it. And I'm just going to ask you this question. If you prayed for 10 people and only four people got healed, are you like mad? I get there's tension there. I understand that. But you're not going, I wish I would have never prayed for anybody. I always think the story of Peter walking on water is a funny one. I always remember people preaching it, focusing on the fact that he drowned. I don't know, I just feel like Peter, even though he didn't make it very far, would have gotten to the other side and been like, did you see that? I, will, I took seven steps on water. How many did you take? Yeah, but you drowned. Yeah, but I took seven steps. Like, hear me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he, at least he took a chance. And he didn't get 27 steps in, but he got seven. He got four and maybe tonight you pray over seven people and three of them hear something from you that they needed to hear. Like, how cool would that be? So we're going to do this. If you need healing, I want you to just raise your hand. Healing in any part of your body. It could be mind or body. I think both are important. Just raise your hand real quick. It's all good. Yeah, we're just real easy. Oh, okay, yeah, we got a few. So if you got somebody around you, um, they, I don't mean everybody has to move and everybody converge and, you know, it gets heavy when 12 people lay hands on you. But just if you see someone around you, just a couple of you, just... Go lay your hands on them, and we're going to pray over them, okay? So if you see, keep your hand up until someone's praying with you, okay? So you don't think you're the right person. That's okay. You're the shape. He's the spirit, okay? Let him do his thing. But just lay your hands on them. We're going to pray. And here's what I want you to do. When Jesus healed people, his prayers weren't very long. It was almost like he wasn't receiving something. He was releasing something. So just pray. Just pray your best prayer. Don't get weird, verbose. Don't get over the top. Just pray. God, we pray healing. We're not going to take a ton of time on this, and then we're going to turn towards each other, okay? So just pray. If you're, not, if you're not around somebody, that's fine. Just pray right now. And some of you are going, well, I'm not even sure I believe in healing. Okay, you can still pray for it. I, I, you can still pray for it. Why wouldn't it be awesome? Let's, let's, let's trust God for that. attach your belief to someone else's belief, yeah? God, we thank you right now that you are healing people in their body, in their mind, that you're restoring, that you're making things whole. Maybe there's somebody on your mind that's not here tonight. I know I, I even heard of two people that aren't here tonight. Uh, but we pray right now uh, for those. Lord, we pray for healing in their body. God, there is no perfect word we can say that somehow unlock. Lord, we just simply submit it. We pray and we believe you and we declare that you will heal in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name that you would heal. Come on, some of you right now, just as you're praying, there's just like faith that's rising up in you because you're believing. That's called rivers of living water. That's what that's called. You are all of a sudden, because you're believing for something new, God's restoring something. Okay. I know we could keep going. This is that kind of church. We could pray all night. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab somebody next to you, and I'm, gonna, I'm asking you to practice exercise, take a chance here. Please hear me. I'm not telling you it's going to go all perfectly. I want you to turn to someone next to you. Uh, and, and I actually kind of would think it'd be cool if it was somebody you didn't know. Uh, have you ever had someone who come up to you prophesy over you, and you're like, I told you that last night, dude. Like, what are you talking about? 
That's, that's, that's cheating. Now you're just praying. You're not prophesying. Okay? Not that it's bad. I'm just, because some of you guys all know each other, so there's no win here, but uh, maybe there's someone around you, and I'm not, don't be, you know, like, don't go up and just, like, bear hug somebody you don't know. Like, let's be, you know, but just still stand next to them. And so just grab somebody. I'm, I'm going to ask you to do this fairly quickly. Just grab somebody. Turn around. If you lock eyes or if you, you just have a prompting for somebody, just, just get next to them. We're just going to, then here's what I want you to do. I just want you to start praying for one another. Just start praying for one another. And if all it ends up being tonight is that you pray for somebody, awesome, amazing, fantastic. Hey, but I want you to listen to me real quick. Everybody listen if you've got your person. Everybody listen if you got your person. I know you, you guys are being friendly. I want you to pray, and the moment something comes up, or you think something, or there's a prompting in your spirit, or you kind of just have this thought, or there's something that kind of leads you in a way, I just want you to say it as best you can say it. In the best way you can say it, just say it. And then believe God for it. Just say it. Just say it. And then have, give each other enough opportunity to say it to one another. Trust it. Take a risk in it. Don't neglect it. Don't diminish it because you're unsure. Give them the opportunity to test it. Lord, we pray that you would put words in people's hearts. You'd put pictures or you would put just leanings, just a, just a nudge in their spirit and their heart. God, I pray that they would trust you enough to share it. They would trust you enough to say it. Come on, somebody, you're, you're, some of you have it and you haven't said it yet. Just say it. Just say it to the best of your ability. Just say it. Just let it out. You're not docked any points in heaven. Your sanctification isn't lost. God loves you all the same. God loves when his children start to use their gift. Maybe while we were worshiping tonight, you saw someone across the room and you had a thought. May share that with them. I'm just going to give you like two more minutes. So don't, again, you don't have to pray too long. You just... Share that word. If you got it, share it. Just share it. All right, I want, I want everybody to look at me. Maybe some of you guys are still wrapping up, and that's fine. You can do that. Um, hey, let me, can I ask you this question? If you were to do this, Say twice a week, just once a week, just to give it a shot. And some of us are going, well, it's not my personality to talk to strangers. Awesome. It's not about your shape. It's about his spirit. So listen, he's not going to put you in positions you're like going to hate. So you may not be the guy that gets on the stage all the time and says, that, you know, fine. He's not going to do that to you. But, but there might be somebody who needs you to speak up, even when you don't like speaking up, Okay. Um, how many of you tonight gave a word? How many of you tonight have never given like a word or a thought for somebody? How many of you have done that? How many of you did that tonight for the first time? 
Anybody do it for the first time? Anybody? No? Oh, we got a few? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Was it a little bit like, I'm not sure how to say this, what I should, but is it good? Okay. The person you gave the word to, and I'm not, listen, hear me. This is family time. This is like when the teacher says there's no bad questions. Okay. Like, don't, don't get, don't. How many, like when she gave the word, who was the person you gave the word to? Yeah, did it resonate with you? Like, you have a big smile on your face. Like, it really resonated with me. It pumped you up. That's awesome. Like, that's really cool. Hey, you should do that more. Anybody else? Anybody else get a word tonight? Just, just in the last five minutes. You know how quick that was? How many of you tonight just got a word just now? Somebody you didn't know, maybe you know them a little bit, and you, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that totally resonates. Anybody? Raise your hand high because I want everybody to see it. Okay, we got several people. Keep, raise it high. I want everybody to see it. I know maybe you're introvert. It's all good. I, I was before too. We got a few over here. Listen, this is not about, it's never been about can you do it perfectly. It's just about are you willing to give it a shot so that he can testify to you that I see you and I see the person you see. I see the other people. I, I, how many of you prayed for healing tonight? We got prayed for healing. Some of you guys, did, did, uh, did some of you just, even just the faith, or maybe, did anybody feel like something shifted for them when you got healing prayed for? Okay, we got somebody over here. So again, that may not be, we may not be batting a thousand. I don't know if that makes sense. Baseball. Uh, Blue Jays. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Um, we may not be batting a thousand. We may not be doing everything 100%, but I'll take what I just saw. Any day of the week. Yeah? Come on, Lord, I thank you so much for tonight. God, I thank you that we are clothed in power. God, that we would not leave where we are in a hurry to get where, we're, where we were trying to go to next. We would not try to go to the ends of the earth if we have not first sat in our city and waited upon you. And I pray that you would dress every one of us for the occasion. God, I pray that we would be clothed in power, that we would be empowered with given ability, efficiency, and might for whatever it is you've called us to do. God, I pray that we would not think it's got to be until that guy gets back into town or that lady does that thing. Lord, I thank you that you have given us the body of Christ power to be rivers of living water wherever we are, whenever we are, however we are. And I pray that you would continue this. This is just a start. We got two more sessions. God, I pray that you would continue to do something in us that's fresh and new and real in Jesus' name. Amen.